everybody, and welcome to the Scott Stemmon Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Hopefully you've been enjoying this series of Exercising Our Faith, A Journey Through the Spiritual Disciplines. Uh, today we're going to be talking about the uh, discipline of worship, and joining me again is John Dahl. He is the Director of Young Adult and Youth Ministries over at Tinkling Springs Pes- Presbyterian. I'm so glad that he's back joining me for this podcast. So John, again, thanks for joining me again, and welcome to the show. Thanks, Scott. I'm so glad to be here again. This is a lot of fun, and what a gift that you're doing for your for your folks and for all the folks who are going to see this uh, series. I mean, uh, just a really cool gift, uh, especially during the times that we're living in when being together is hard. But but we've got extra resources like this uh, podcast. Really awesome. Commend you on all this work. Well, thank you, thank you. I appreciate it. And you know, you bring you bring up this thing about living in the world that we live in today, and especially a time where, as churches, we always gather together. And especially, you know, when we think about the Sunday morning hour, that's usually when we come and we worship together. We worship the Lord together, and, and especially with the discipline of worship. Why is this such an important discipline for uh, believers to practice? Gosh, you know, the most imp- some of the most important things about worship are through our daily life. We, we have so many responsibilities in our lives. We have families to tend to. We have our, our vocations, our jobs. We have um, all sorts of responsibilities to our community. And those are often centered on um, how we have to deal with the other humans, the other creation out there around us. We don't often um, take the time to stop, especially in a big corporate gathering, to, to all stop and all, uh, you know, take some time to be with, uh, with God together, um, where the point of that is not us, but the point of that is God. So worship is so foundational to our faith because the, the, entire, the, the entire point of worship is to turn our attention for a time uh, to God, to lift praises to God, to to be uh, in conversation with God and to be listening to God with his word and the way the spirit moves in us. And, and through that experience, it is so formational and foundational for the church to be in worship and, and just, uh, you know, kind of one of the core uh, things about being a Christian is, is coming together and worshiping. Yeah. Yeah. And and you talk a little bit about the focal point of worship being God. And, you know, when we gather together, you know, all our worship should be in a way to give honor and glory to God. Um, yeah. You know, and even kind of, you know, when you think about the hustle and bustle of life that we do, you know, as the average uh, church member would do like Monday through Saturday, you know, Sunday's kind of that day to kind of be spiritually charged or as especially in the camp ministry i remember people would always say i love going to summer camps because it's like i'm recharging my batteries um and i think that's kind of a good key element of worship it's about us worshiping god as god then kind of restores our spirit yeah yeah and and really the the um there's so many important recharge pieces uh, to that worship there's the there's the being in community so you're you're, you're being in a, a space with people who are like-minded and who are there for a similar purpose, and, and that lifts you. And then there's the, the interaction with God, the singing, uh, the praying, um, the, the, the spirit moving through uh, the preaching and just hearing God's word. All those things that we kind of dump into that one special time uh, each week 
um, or whenever we do it together, uh, that is really helpful for the spirit, for your individual spirit. It's like, it is like a reconnect. It's like a, it is kind of like plugging your phone in, you know, it's, the battery runs down, you got to plug it back in. And, and I think we all need to need to plug back in regularly. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I think a lot of times when we get into the, because you even mentioned like when you're talking about worship, you mentioned the singing, but then you also mentioned the praying. And then even I would say even the message uh, kind of goes to that. And I think that's kind of a very key thing that when we gather the worship, it's not just the music. It's not no. just this. It's, it's, it's everything that we see within the service. Even when we think about things like, um, the offering is an act of worship. Exactly. Um, even I would even say I would even say just even before the service officially begins, just the walking in and being mm-hmm. greeted in that kind of time of fellowship and reconnection with people, you know, that in yeah. a way is a time of worship because we're again, it's almost like it's almost like here you have the body of Christ as an individual that's scattered and now we're gathering together. It's almost yeah. kind of like, um, almost like Voltron or trans or like Voltron where you have those pieces <laughs> that come together yeah. and you now have Voltron or I was going to say the T 1000 from Terminator with the liquid yeah. and it comes together. Captain planet, right? Like we all, Oh yeah. yeah. Captain, <laughs> yeah. So worships like captain planet, everybody <laughs> earth, wind, well, fire and heart. That brings up a really good point too, because, I know we're talking about this as a corporate discipline and it is in fact. Um, but there, so I encounter an awful lot. I, I encounter folks who talk about how, well, you know, I, I am with God when I, when I am doing X, Y, or Z. So, you know, like uh, I, personally, I love going, going fishing. I have a sign in my office that says I'd rather be fishing and thinking about God than sitting in a pew thinking about fishing, which is kind of a joke, but <laughs> a lot of people say that. Well, but why do I need to go to church to worship? I mean, you know, I, I can worship God on my own. Mm-hmm. And it is true that, you know, we ought to be uh, giving some parts of our day every day to God through prayer and through praise and whatnot. But, but there's a big difference between that and between coming together. You know, when Jesus said that when two or three are gathered together, I am with them also. That's a, that's a clue, right? That there's something really important about that idea of gathering to do this thing that lifts us as a community up and, and lifts all of our focus up toward God. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. so important. Yeah. And I even think like, even when we read the epistles, you know, there was so much emphasis on the church being a body, a church being yes. gathered. And even though I understand, and even though I agree that, yeah, you know, sometimes I could be out doing a prayer walk and have this nice, conversation or reflection or does nice worship with God, or I can do that in solitude. But at the same time, you know, when you're gathered together corporately, when you're gathered with other people, there is something in a way kind of supernatural. I think even like when we think about the opening pages of Acts and the day of Pentecost, you know, everyone was together. They were learning from the apostles. They were taking care of business. They were praying. They were they were they were doing everything together, and then when the spirit poured, it was like they again that word they were spiritually empowered, and then that's when they began to go out and proclaim the the word of Jesus both in Jerusalem, Judah, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. 
But yeah. even when the other churches, like Thessalonica and Corinth, you know, those were places that people always would gather together, whether it would be in temple courts, whether it be in people's homes. You know, there was an act of worship in that. And I think in some ways, that is kind of a very powerful thing. I also think in the other ways, sometimes there can be conflict in that because, again, going back to the individuality of our society, sometimes mm-hmm. we can make worship so much about preference than mm-hmm. what or, or about other things than about God being the focal point. So, so what can you speak on on that? Yeah, you know, I think about uh, when Paul's writing to the church in Corinth, and he's talking about the the gifts of the Spirit that each each individual member has, you know, their particular gifts, but it takes all those together to be the whole body. I think about, um, you know, we can, if left to our own devices, we certainly can spend time with God on our own, like you said, um, but we are, are so, um, the context that we do that in is if we're just in our own little space, our own little head space with God, we can have great conversation. We can learn a lot. We can spend a lot of time in the spirit with God, but the context is just all about really us. It's just about me. And this world is so full of that, right? Just so full of me, 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 what I need, what I do, what I'm good at, what I'm not. Um, you know, I, I had, uh, <laughs> it's kind of a salty story, but I had occasion once, uh, years ago in another church I served, uh, and a lady came up to me after worship and said, you know, I really appreciated all the, all the things, uh, that, that we did today, but I don't like that hymn that we sang, that, that last song we sang or whatever. And I, I said, okay, that's, that's fine. Well, we shouldn't sing it because I don't like it. I said, well, we weren't singing it for you. You know, (laughs) that's a tough pill to swallow. Like, you know, I've been in worship at times and thought, gosh, I really just, this, this, this hymn is not doing it or this scripture. Oh, I didn't want to hear that scripture today. I, I don't want to hear about the prodigal son. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm my, you know, my, I have, I have a prodigal brother as my joke, you know, he, he always could do no wrong. And I was always the one who had to like, you know, pick up the messes and stuff. So I don't want to hear this today, but that's not, it's not about me. It's about mm-hmm. the message that God has for all of us. It's about the way that we all together use our gifts back to God. Yeah. And, and I think, and I think, you know, a lot of times I think that's kind of the big thing is that the end, I mean, even though as individuals, we want to come to the throne of God and we want to worship God, but at the same time, we have to let him be the focus. I mean, I can even remember growing up in the church, we had, we paid a volunteer, the church I grew up in to kind of help be kind of the worship leader. And it just seemed like every Sunday she'd either go, well, we played, you played more contemporary than hymns and, or you played more hymns Mm -hmm. than contemporary. And it was almost like a tennis match and she was the ball being smacked back and forth. And I think that probably lasted maybe a year before she finally just kind of said, yeah, I don't want to do this anymore. Not because her heart wasn't in it, but it was just because she was just tired of the criticism all the time. And I think, you know, even, and even now I feel like, you know, and I always think back to the nineties when the term, when the term worship wars came into play yes. and, and the fact that we had to attach the word war to worship <laughs> should just say a lot, um, yeah, you know, horrible. but the fact that that was always difficult and I even, and even <clears throat> me personally, I could always get into that, um, 
into that mindset because it wasn't necessarily for me, the music for me, it was always like, I felt like, well, the way I really can kind of, again, and I'm using the word I on purpose, the way Mm -hmm. I feel is that if I really connect to God, if I see good art. So if I see, so let's say before a sermon, there's going to be a skit. Oh man, that's going to like catapult me right into God's lap on the throne. Okay. Mm -hmm. Where music, doesn't necessarily do it for me. And, mm-hmm. and I get to that point. But then at the same time, if there's a skit and it's a cheesy, horrible Christian skit, <laughs> it, it pushes me away very quickly. Mm-hmm. But then as I really begin the process, like, well, where's this I, me, stomach up? Well, I think a lot of it went back to just my own insecurity of singing songs. And so that's why music never did, because I always felt like, well, I don't have the best voice. So because I don't have the best voice, I'm not going to sing. Well, then if I'm not singing, then, well, I can meditate on the words. I can do this. You know, I can make every excuse yeah. at the same time. My <clears throat> mind could always be thinking about what I'm, what I'm going to do after church and not really engage. So once I change that mindset, I go, you know what? Who cares what I sound like? I'm going to sing because, again, it's not about me. It's not about my right. own comfortability. It's about the Lord. You know, that reminds me like a positive spin or a positive way to kind of turn this piece of the conversation. When we think about worshiping and the things that we might individually not like or be drawn to, um, the other way to think about it is the things that we do for each other mm-hmm. in worship. So at one time, um, the great example of, of, of this was a time when um, we stood to sing a, a song in worship. And years ago, there was um, a lady who didn't stand. And she sat and she cried the whole way through the, the, the song. And that was, um, you know, when I looked over, I thought, well, what's, what's the deal with that? Well, after the service, um, I, I kind of went up and spoke to her and, you know, she had had a really rough week. I forget whether there was somebody in her family had passed or something, but she didn't have the strength to stand and sing that at that moment. And so that gets me to the point of um, later in years, I heard um, a speaker talk about, about the idea that when we're in worship, we are actually doing for each other sometimes. So I will sing because the words that I'm singing, that I'm helping to lift up, you know, with the other folks who are singing with me might be the words that are too hard for you to sing. Um, they might be just the words you need. I'll, I'll pray when the words are too hard for you to pray. Um, you know, we do, we do in corporate worship, we can do that. We can't do that individually. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can intercede for each other, but we just, when you're there together, you can actually kind of like be in each other's corner. You can, you can lift each other up to that moment in praise to God when it's just too hard for you for some reason to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's, that's key right there on why corporate worship matters, because, you know, I can think about like the story you said, you know, that your voice singing could be the, is kind of helping another person who just can't sing the words right now. You know, I think about certain people within congregations where there's certain songs, whether they're hymns or whether they're modern day worship tunes, that there is something that is attached to it. Like I think my mother, my mother-in-law, her favorite song is because he lives and she likes that she likes that. She likes singing it during Easter. Uh, she's very disappointed when it's not sung during at Easter. But <laughs> I think the reason why she sings that because it makes her remember her dad. 
right who has passed who you know who's passed away years ago i think about yeah. things like um the old rugged cross which you know that was a song that oh, someone's yeah. son used to listen to and love that song especially the alan jackson version before right. he passed away so that song when you play that song, like they're not singing that song. They're right there. They're, they're mourning during that song. But at the same time, I think that's also a time where everyone else is singing that song in unison with one another. That is kind of not only helping them through the grieving process, but in the same way, it's helping them inspire hope with the truth of the message as well. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, and I think like when we go back to, the idea of corporate worship, you know, we have to take everything into account. Even when you think about, even, you know, I think some of probably like the best moments of worship that I experience within the churches is sometimes it's not necessarily the music. Sometimes it's not even the message. But one of the things I think is so powerful is when you have that individual who makes their way down to the front, who makes Mm -hmm. that way down to the altar and they want to either pray or be anointed for healing, or they're doing it as kind of interceding for somebody else. And when you call, and even though, you know, the pastor will call the elders to come forward and pray, but then you see the entire body get up and walk down and lay their hands upon one another. That's laying their hands upon that person. And we're praying for the healing. We're praying for God to intercede in whatever the condition may be, whether it's in someone's marriage or someone's, you know, worried about a doctor's appointment or worried about a family member who lives, you know, thousands of miles away. When, when the church does that and lifts one another in prayer corporately and in unison, that is sometimes the things that usually just gets my heart pumping. That's what really gets me goosebumps. That's when I really begin to see the spirit start working in wonderful ways when that begins to happen. Yeah. Yeah. I think even the, even the things that we can think of as like little things, um, but they're really huge. Like when we hear, when you really stop and listen during, um, you know, when we're all saying the Lord's prayer together or when we're all, um, you know, that man, that is, if you really listen and you hear the multitude of, of God's people's voices together, in that moment, um, like you talked about the laying on of hands, you know, we do a, uh, of course I'm Presbyterian in our, in our, um, uh, tradition, whenever our elders are elected, we, uh, we have a, a service of laying on of hands and to see the entire body gathered and, and literally touching, I mean, literally connected, uh, in that moment. And they're not doing it. They're doing it for the people who they're touching, but they're doing it really for God and, and, and a witness to God's spirit pouring into that place in that moment. Um, yeah, you, you can't do that on your own. <laughs> you need corporate uh, experience to, to be able to really feel God's presence in those kinds of moments. Exactly. Exactly. Great. Any, any other, any other insights about worship that we haven't covered yet that you'd like to discuss? Well, I, you know, I was, I've been thinking a lot. We're doing a, a study uh, series right now at our church about Sabbath and about what that means. And, of course, one of the, the connections to that word a lot of people have is, uh, you know, the idea of, of worshiping on the Lord's Day. Um, you know, what I, I would say is that uh, not to get 
the two of those things too conflated because when we when we are supposed to be sabbathing when we're supposed to be resting uh that probably doesn't look like getting into your best clothes and going to church and meeting a bunch of people and having uh, you know several hours of of uh, learning and prayer and praise and worship and that's okay i think we should actually you know think don't think of going to church don't think of going to worship as um as rest I actually think of it as going in for the recharge, for the, for the reconnection, for the, mm-hmm. you know, both to God and to each other. So don't, don't, uh, take another day off, man. Uh, like relax some other time because right then you really shouldn't be as relaxed as you should be ready. You know, open yourself up and be really ready, you know, get your cup of coffee and get ready for it. Cause you're going to get something. Um, and you're going to give something that day too. Yeah. And, and, and I think like when you talk about, you know, the idea of getting ready, you know, sometimes I always think about the concept of, you know, when we approach worship, always approach worship, ex- always expecting that God is going to show up in a mighty way and you're going to learn something. Yeah. And he's going to reveal something. And I mean, I can even remember in the camping ministry when we would have our third and fourth grade week. And I can remember a lot of times the staff members would say, well, do we have to go down to service? Because, you know, Mm. the message is geared towards third and fourth graders. I'm a 20 something college student. I don't need to hear (laughs) children's story hour. And basically that's kind of what it was. And I remember our director kind of was, would say, well, no, you have to go down there because it's about representing and making sure we're represented and we're ready. Of course, that didn't sit well with people. And so then I spoke up. I said, well, approach it this way. God can speak through any means. Yes. If, you're, if your hearts are open, if your minds and your hearts are open and you are engaging in worship, then even a a message that is geared to third and fourth graders can still speak life yeah. into you. You just have to be open to it. And when I said that, I felt like a lot of people were like, eh, okay, because you know, <laughs> I was always, I was always the camp trickster. So I always pull pranks on people. But at the same time, there are some people go, well, let me give it a shot. And yeah. eventually they did it and they go, especially during our morning devotion before we start the day, there'd be times where people go, you know, that message that, you know, Pastor Debbie preached really spoke to me. And I was surprised that how well it spoke to me, especially since for third and fourth graders. And it was just like, well, there you go. And I think it goes back to approaching with an open heart and again, making God the focal point of worship. That's all. That's that's the that's the punchline here for the whole thing, mm-hmm. is that if you're in worship, uh, you know, here's the deal: you're going to get something out of it. You're going to experience some grace. You're going to experience some love. You're going to be filled up. But if you're there for that reason, you're missing the point because you're there for God, mm-hmm. with with each other and for God. That's really important. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, John, for joining me on this podcast. I definitely appreciated talking with you about this topic and uh, definitely your wisdom. Yeah, thanks so much. I'm so glad to be a part of this.
Yeah, definitely. And guys, thank you so much for listening. Again, uh, if you're listening to this, feel free to share it with a friend. They could find me on Apple Music, Spotify, Google Play, anywhere you can find a podcast. You can probably find the Scott Stedman Podcast on there. You could also find me on YouTube at the Scott Stedman Ministries or even on my website, thescottstedman.com. You can listen to me there. Again, guys, thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week, and I will talk to you guys later. Take care.